The subject of today's episode is a prison that is constantly and consistently ranked on the list of the world's most brutal. And it's probably for the exact opposite of what you might think. Set on an island in a lake in a forest in Russia, this soul-destroying penitentiary imprisons only the worst of the worst. Murderers, rapists, pedophiles, and even terrorists. And once you enter its concrete walls of despair, there's only one way to really leave. Ironically enough, this now house of corrections, where so many live in misery and hopelessness, all started off as a house of worship. Known to many as the Russian Alcatraz, it's called by the prisoners themselves simply Slash Five. Today we cover Piatok Prison. I'm Kevin Young. And I'm Michael Schofield. Apparently, because we're going to be doing some prison breaking shit, I'm assuming. <laughs> and this is torture. We'll, we'll get to the. Uh, what you would have to go through for a prison break here in a little bit. So, Michael Schofield is out the window. No tattoo, elaborate tattoo that you managed to shoehorn an image of a blueprint into <laughs> will save you this time, Michael. Yeah. Uh, well, you haven't you haven't talked in a while. How was your uh, how was your Halloween? Very quiet, thankfully. Oh yeah? Yeah, I like a good quiet Halloween sometimes. I prefer to be out. Like we we're talking about going out next year. But um not many kids came knocking so that's no. not a bad thing i'll have my ring light sitting up in my face <laughs> See? um but yeah it was uh good though you know it's, it was very uncharacteristically quiet for us and i think that's just because of everything you know how yeah. how was yours it was pretty good um i don't know if you saw the picture my wife posted of me dressed as a sloth uh no i didn't no yeah it was like last minute i had a costume planned out and i went last minute to get the shit and i didn't have anything and so i just bought a one of those furry onesie uh outfits that you can get and it was a sloth so i was like ah fucking i'm a sloth so nice uh we we like to take or i like to and she i guess just tags along um i like to take a little table and put out in like the middle of the yard and decorate lights up to it and then put the candy up there and maybe put my computer or something up there and watch scary movies while we hand out stuff. That's to pretty kids. cool. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so the first night, Halloween Eve, because we do two nights. I don't know if you guys do one or two nights. We do two nights of Halloween over here. We do Halloween Eve and Halloween. Um, Halloween Eve, we handed out quite a bit of candy. My youngest son uh, showed up with his little sister my ex-wife's uh daughter and uh they were cute he was 
Patrick from SpongeBob, but all he had was just the the shorts and a pink shirt and a, and, a, and a Hawaiian shirt over the top of it, and that was his Patrick. It's like, all right, whatever. Um, then the second night came, and we had a shit ton of candy left over for the next night. And I knew that after that night, we would still have a shit ton of candy left over, which I don't really need, but it was nice. It would have been nice to have here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm getting ready to set everything up. And my, one of my stepkids comes up and goes, can we hand out candy? I was like, this is our time. I did my shit with kids and trick-or-treating and, and all that stuff already with you guys. You're on your own. <laughs> you want to do something. Go hang out with whatever. This is me and mom time. And he, he is the child that if he pouts and throws a fit, he gets his way because my wife caves. Because for some reason, he has this way of making her feel bad. The other ones can't, the other ones could say and do whatever they want. And she'd be like, yeah, whatever. But if he goes, she all of a sudden, she all of a sudden gets all whiny. Um, women. So he was pulling his shit and I said, you know what? It was getting super windy outside. I was like, she, you could tell she did not want to do it. Uh, she was just going to do it. Cause I wanted to, I was like, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. You and your brother. At first I said, go ask grandma and grandpa. So go next door, ask grandma and grandpa. And he comes back. They said no. And my wife's like, but what did they do? They said no. It's like, Jesus, <laughs> this kid's 16, by the way, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Fine. You two could sit out there, but you are not leaving. You are going to sit here and you're going to hand out the candy. You're not going to eat all the candy. You're going to hand out the fucking candy. I'm like, yeah, that's what we want to do. I was like, all right, fine. We didn't quit handing out candy till 8.30 the night before, so you will stay out there for as long as we did. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so we just sat inside and watched Scary Movie. Uh, we watched that, um, uh, which one did, well, that When It Lurks, I think, was what we watched. Oh, right. no, we, we um, Terrified. That. Terrified right. was the one we watched. That was the other one. And that, that movie is fucked up. Anyway. Shut up. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's telling me a story. <laughs> they kept texting her and calling her because there was a cat out on our porch. It was like, I don't give a fuck. Leave us alone. You wanted to hand out candy. We're watching cat, a movie. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Cats. Fine. Go back to your movie. It's about 7.30. They come inside. We're done. <laughs> no, you're not. We want to go with our friends. No. No. You go out there. <laughs> you ask for no, this responsibility. No. Natalia's going to do it. Their little sister. She's going to do it. It's like, fine, whatever. Fuck, go away. So she comes in at like eight. It's like, what are you doing? I'm done. And she has both things of candy completely empty. It's like, what happened to all the candy? Because I knew you had, I know you had more than that. She goes, oh, one of my friends came up and I told him I didn't want to do this anymore. So he took the, uh, the buckets and dumped them into his bag and took off. <laughs> I was like, you bitch. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. I told my wife, I was like, your kids are never. The CEO of a Fortune 100 company <laughs> in years told... to come. <laughs> I was like, your kids are never doing anything again. Fuck this shit. Uh, ruined my Halloween. God damn it. Oh, I wouldn't mind going out for Halloween next year. Yeah, this thing, like, we were supposed to get married around Halloween originally, and we we're going to have a fancy oh, yeah. dress, yeah, wedding and all that. But yeah, like we're both big, big Halloween fans. So yeah, yeah we'll uh, do something next time. But uh, yeah, we we watched um, 
went to the cinema actually there during the night because we didn't watch what did we watch oh we were watching it was because we were watching Supernatural I think I might have said it to you it was just ironically enough we ended up on the Halloween episode on oh. Halloween which was kind of funny but um, what you call it yeah we went to see Five Nights at Freddy's the other day oh yeah did you like it it was okay yeah, like it was, my kids loved it. It was harmless. Yeah, like it, it's it yeah. had enough of a couple of jumps in it to kind of keep me interested. But like you, you know, like Alison, um, I think she certainly hangs around with me far too often because I <laughs> tend to um cop on to what's happening and the twists well before anything ever happens. And uh-huh. yeah, she, she's starting to see the patterns now as well. So she copped on really early. She's like, "This yeah. is what's happening," and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my well, kids love it, it. Yeah, it seems like it's one of those movies. Like, uh, okay, I'm not gonna sit down and expect some like masterpiece. This is just gonna be something. To sit down, watch it, have a little bit of fun. You know, well, yeah, it's exactly. Pop- it's, yeah. A, it's a popcorn movie. It's all it is. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, a popcorn yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's not it's uh, like kind of like Goosebumps type thing. That's what I was sure. expecting going in. Like, and I was like, right, this is like horror for teens kind of thing. You know, like you're know, like yeah, right. Goosebumps, and then there was. Well, what was the other one? There was a book series that was kind of um. Oh, Fear Street. No, I'll, I'll probably have to. So that was pretty. Yeah. Look it up, but anyway, yeah, um, it was kind of horror for teens. If you came, so it was kind of fairly on the light side, like you know, um, yeah, introductory horror. I heard there was there was a good amount of gore in it for uh for what it was. Oh, there is, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. For what it is, yeah, it's a decent bit, like you know, like just, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. There's one scene in it that was very unexpectedly gory um but yeah. it was so much so that it was actually funny and it was like we were sitting sitting there and there's a guy it was only like six of us in the entire theater like and there's a, a guy sitting over the other seats <laughs> like obviously like, the other side of the aisle from us and i was sitting at the edge and both myself and him guffawed at the same, at the same time <laughs> we both just started laughing and then like even allison was like oh my god ah. but um it was just really funny, like you know, the um he didn't expect it at all, like yeah. what happened to you, and it was just really funny. It was kind of shocking and funny at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it was good. That was worth it. Worth watching. Good. I plan on watching it at some point. It's just not one of those. It's like top of the list, but it's on. It's on, we have Peacock, and it's on Peacock. So you know, my cool. my my youngest son and my daughter went and saw it at the movie theater. They were supposed to meet up with friends, and uh, he dressed up. He made himself a little bow tie and a little hat. Uh, he's a he's a gigantic Five Nights at Freddy's fan. I made him oh, Five really? Nights at Freddy cakes for his birthday and all that shit. So he's he's huge into it. And then my my stepsons watched it with my wife here at home. They wanted to see it, but they didn't want to spend the money. Yeah. So they just watched it at home. I was like, that's fine. I mean, whatever. I'm going to bed. You know, I worked all night, so I'm going to bed. You guys do whatever the fuck you want. And uh, that's why they did. So cool. Good. Now, if if you get a chance to watch that. Uh, when evil lurks and terrified, they're made by the same guy. Oh, Excuse man, me. Right, fine. that terrified. I it's hard when evil lurks is a lot more, has a lot more gore in it, has a right. lot more like, oh my god, what is happening right now in it. But a lot of stupid decisions are made, which kind of make you not feel so bad for people. Uh, but terrified has some 
It's just weird shit, man. It, I don't, they're hard to explain without just giving everything away. You just you, you got to find a way to watch them. I said I had that uh, did the free week of AMC Plus and watch both of them with my wife. And I said she yeah, she sat up. Here, sadly. Oh, you can't. No, no. I, it's, I, it's, I tried downloading it to send it to you, and it wouldn't let me. Oh, uh, you'll find eventually you'll be able to see it somewhere. I'm sure, but fucking hell, those movies are. God damn. Well, I hope all of you out there had a happy and safe Halloween and your kids didn't give all your fucking candy away to some random kid. Uh, I guess let's... Funny, though. Something Dustin yeah. Harris. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everybody does, except me. Because I'm the one who's out all that candy. <laughs> That is my trick-or-treating, is whatever candy's left that I bought that hasn't been hand out goes to me. Yeah, we had a fair amount of it left to eat ourselves, so. Yeah. Again, not that I need it, but I don't always, you know, eat the things I'm supposed to. Yeah, apologize in advance as well. It's bad sinus season for me. Oh, yeah? Moment, so I have a constant What's it like up there right now? It's just the constant shift back and forth with the yeah weather. Like it always gets me. I have a constant um, thing going on up here and everything. Like I'm, I have the sprays going constantly. So yeah, fuck here in the Midwest. Right before Halloween, it was you know down in the 30s and rainy and cold. And then right after just this week, it popped up at 75 outside right now. So. <laughs> It doesn't know what it wants to do. That that's the problem no, here no. too. Midwest Midwest is the fucking worst of with that shit. Yeah. We really are. Yeah, I went from I had my sunglasses driving in this morning and it rained so heavily I had to take them off halfway into work. And I it was just I had to run from the car to get into the office. It was raining that heavily then. And it was just yeah. like overcast for half the rest of the day. And I didn't know if you were hot, if you were cold. It just kept fucking changing, like you know, it was horrible. <sighs> well, let's get to a place where it doesn't really change weather all that much. It's just pretty much cold for the majority of the year. Um, <laughs> Dublin, Dan, <laughs> let's take you back to 1989 in the Smolsk region of Russia. You are a 29-year-old man by the name of. Valeslav Shurovsky, and you are a rising star in the legal arena, a prosecutor that had investigated large-scale corruption in Uzbekistan. One day, for seemingly no reason other than what you would eventually call boredom, you decide to spice things up a little bit. You grab a knife, head into town, and murder a bookkeeper and a cashier. You know, you're just... How you're just bored one day. He's like, I should murder someone. <laughs> Who are you, Comrade Question? <laughs> Moose and squirrel. <laughs> I killed him with knife. You, uh, you are subsequently arrested and convicted to death. To wait out this punishment, you are sent to Ogneny Ostrov, or Fire Island. Nice. Yeah, uh, an ironic name since Ogneny Ostrov sits about 300 miles north of Moscow, almost halfway between Moscow and the Arctic Circle. 
this island sits in the middle of a perpetually frozen lake, Novo Zero, in the middle of the professional perpetually frozen forest in the Berezursky district in Volgoda Oblast, Russia. That means on this island, molten lava, fire <laughs> land. Yes, also an ironic nickname. <laughs> And on this island, in this lake, in this forest, sits prison number OE256-5, or as the inmates call it, Piatak, which is slash five in Russian. They just call it slash five, but Piatak. Mm. So, whatever. And what awaits you isn't the standard bullyings or rapes or beatings from guards. No gang wars or drug abuses or murders for not paying up contraband. No, the pain of Piatak is actually the exact opposite of all that action and excitement. It's the soul-crushing isolation. The eventual realization that life will, from that point forward, have zero meaning. Now, after a few years in what will become known as the Russian Alcatraz in May of 1996, the day you are to be executed by gunshot to the back of the head, a prison official comes to the execution cell and tells you your life will be spared because of Boris Yeltsin's moratorium on the death sentence. I wish that we over... I say I wish I I am not a fan of the death penalty, but if we were going to do it, I'd rather it be gunshot to the back of the head than uh, the way we do it now, lethal injection, injection, because it's not as clean, obviously, but it's quicker and, you know, it's painless. Well, I assume it is. Nobody's ever you would think nobody's ever survived to let us know if it hurt them or not. So. Yeah, I've never been shot in the back of the head, so I wouldn't yeah. know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that it's not. It's, it's like, well, he it's didn't complain much. <laughs> it obviously didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. And part of me thinks that um, there are certain things that you, that if when people do it, um, they, I believe they more like really kind of give up their own rights for anything you know like when it comes to um murder sexual assault sure you know if you are taking away somebody else's kind of oh thanks sorry um <laughs> then yours realistically in some way should be forfeit but how that how you go about that is another story so <laughs> yeah and then there's the, always the question of what if they're not guilty? Yeah. What if, cause I mean, you, you listen to enough true crime podcasts or watch enough dateline, uh, people getting railroaded into prison for something they obviously did not do just because the jurors, you know, were enamored with the <laughs> really charismatic prosecutor. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, I know just that side of it too, but I'm supposed, I guessed that's probably why they take so long to actually carry it out. But, you yeah, know, you got to go through all your appeals. You got to yeah. go through the process, and yeah. then uh, I think it's just more punishment before ultimate death. But I don't know. Look, I'm not. I, I won't be unlucky enough to experience it. So, 
Well, you never know all the same. I, <laughs> yeah. um, there was, God, what movie was it we were watching? And the person said, um, every person is capable of murder. You just haven't re- met the right person yet or something yeah. like that. You know, and I was like, yeah. that's fucking true. Well, I don't, I hope, I I don't want to go to prison and get put on death roll if my stepkids give away any of my fucking candy. <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> Now, before we get into what exactly makes Piatak so horrible, let's talk about how this prison came to be. Because this show is anything. It's a history podcast. And for that, we have to go all the way back to 1517, where it was less a place of isolation and punishment and more a place of prayer and worship. Uh, a local Orthodox cleric named Cyril of Novozero which would later be changed to St. Cyril, claimed to witness a column of fire descending onto the island from the heavens. Cyril saw this vision as a sign and decided to fund a monastery on the island, and over the next four centuries, it it sat in relative peace, mostly because of its secluded location. I think maybe him and that one, uh, one guy... Uh, that saw the cross in front of the, in the deer's antlers, and that was thrown in the brazen oh, yeah. bull. I yeah. think they have, <laughs> I think they were smoking the same <laughs> stuff, <laughs> eating the same shrooms. Do you see the cross in the middle of that deer's forehead? No, but do you see yeah. that column of yeah. fire? <laughs> he was just putting stone, he lit his lighter, you see, is what it was, to light his next yeah. doobie. And he saw the flame go up. He's like, whoa! whoa. <laughs> it's like Otto from The Simpsons. Yeah. They call him fingers, but I never see him thing. <laughs> oh, there they go. <laughs> oh. And then, in 1917, Vladimir Lenin and the Bolsheviks launched the October Revolution. Uh, The militant atheism of the Bolsheviks would put them at odds with the Orthodox Church, and soon after, much of the Church's wealth and possessions would be confiscated by the new government, including the monastery on Fire Island. The building would be converted to a prison to lock up the enemies of the revolution. And it would continue to be a political prison through the 30s and 40s as Stalin used it as a penal colony for the victims of his purges of those that stood against his regime. Good old Stalin. Mm. Hard to believe he was on our side at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. It was a very smart move, really. I think. Which and Stalin fucking siding with you guys and so you know oh. and, uh, you know it's it politically it's a very smart move. Yeah, he's sitting back. He's like, you know, I like what the other ones are doing, but oh. I think I'm gonna go with these guys because they're probably gonna win. Yeah, and then make me look like a better guy. Yeah, while I'm killing my own people. Millions and millions at a time. Now, after his death in 1953, Nikita Khrushchev's process of de-Stalinization led to the closing of many secure facilities dedicated to political dissidents. In the case of the island prison, this was simply converted to a standard penitentiary housing 
ordinary criminals, albeit the most violent and dangerous ones. Jump to the 90s, and the Soviet Union has collapsed, replaced by the Russian Federation and the Confederation of Independent States. Now, up until the mid-1990s, the death penalty was still a part of the Russian judiciary system. Capital executions were carried out by means of pistol shot to the back of the head. But on the 16th of May, 1996, a decree by President Boris Yeltsin ordered a gradual reduction of the death penalty in preparation for Russia's entry into Council of Europe. September 1996, authorities carried out the last capital sentence on Russian soil, even though the death penalty was still enforced in Chechnya until 1999. But, I mean, I think Chechnya is kind of asterisk to anything that you talk about when it's Russia. Oh, all this was illegal in Russia. Except Chechnya. <laughs> Chechnya is like kind, of the black side. <laughs> kind of the armpit of the Soviet mm -hmm. Union. I'm pretty sure the entirety of the Soviet Union is the armpit of the Soviet, <laughs> the armpit Union. Of the Soviet Union. Crazy. Now, because of, Yelt because of Yeltsin, 681 death row inmates now have their sentences commuted to life in prison. For those that sat in Piatak, this may have been worse. So what makes this prison so god-awful? Well, first off, the prisoners, from the day they enter the prison, are placed two to a cell. No TV, no books. During the day, the beds are stowed away, and the inmates are forced to stand or to sit on a tiny wooden perch just a few inches wide. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> Now, this happens for about 22 and a half hours a day. Yes. Yeah, so Every day. That just sounds... <laughs> uh, the other hour and a half, they are spent in a two-meter by two-meter cage where they are allowed to pace for exercise. Oh, yeah, that's nice of them. <laughs> Isn't it's it? just like... <laughs> yeah. You can go six feet this way and six feet that way and then back again. And that's it. Only again, the most... people over here will understand. It's like fucking going into a Ryanair toilet. What it's like. It's like trying to go for a poop in a Ryanair toilet. It's like... <laughs> Thank you for saving all that space. So I get cheaper flights. Now, only the most determined manage to maintain any real level of fitness, uh, contributing to the deteriorating health of most inmates. And probably because of location and unbearable headache that it would be uh, running indoor plumbing to an island in the middle of a frozen lake in the middle of a frozen forest, there are no lavatories or washrooms in the prison. The inmates are just giving... A metal bucket. And then I'm assuming everything ends up frozen one way or another. So he just shanked him with the frozen piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking. Uh, and since these are used by both cellmates and are rarely sanitized, AIDS and drug resistant tuberculosis are endemic. Apparently, half of the residents of Piatak Prison have 
drug-resistant tuberculosis. That sounds lovely. <laughs> Doesn't well. it? Uh, I went to Piatek prison and all I got was oh, this tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or AIDS. Uh, or AIDS. Why is it it's okay to laugh about tuberculosis but not AIDS? As, uh, no, well, it's been over 20 years. I so suppose. we can laugh about AIDS now. <laughs> I suppose. <sighs> <laughs> And then now, we go as back and we watch like, Philadelphia and then we start crying. <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Yeah. Then you watch oh, South Park with the, the Jared. Then you watch the Jared episode of South Park. Oh, it's yeah. funny. In Philadelphia. It's just funny. <laughs> now, as declared by the U.S. State Department, the conditions at Piatak Prison are, quote, extremely harsh and frequently life-threatening. For the first 10 years of your sentence, you were only allowed two visits a year and they are only allowed to visit for two hours maximum after 10 years the prisoners are allowed two additional visits a year and they are able to receive packages from family and friends but these are also limited to two a year Ooh. yeah send them, a, send them a new bucket <laughs> Personalized bucket. <laughs> now, by the time the first decade had come and gone, most inmates will lose all contact with the outside world. Friends and family that would have traveled hundreds, if not thousands, of miles through harsh terrain and desolate towns, only to be able to see their loved one for a couple of hours and then be turned away, would eventually see that the trip just wouldn't be worth the visit especially since their loved one was probably losing their minds by then. Yeah. I can only imagine because here and I don't want to go see my family and they're only like one hour from here. True. <laughs> I live condition. next door to my, I live next door to my parents. When I'm taking my dog out to piss or shit and I see my parents get out, I kind of hide behind the tree so they don't see me. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't like or love my parents, I do. It's just sometimes, you know, it can be a it can be a little much. Oh yeah, of course. A Siberian multiple murderer, the Telegraph called Valeri, or Valerie, whichever one you want to use, in 2004, said that when he found out he would be going to Piatak, he said, "Quote: When I came here, I told my wife to get a divorce." She cried a little, and we've never seen each other since. Huh. Okay. I'm going to apologize when now I came if you here... can only hear purring. <laughs> I see he's on my lap now, so I'm sorry. <laughs> when I came here, I told my wife to get a divorce. She cried a little, and then we've never seen each other since. I almost got a little Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, getting close <laughs> to Austria in there. She cried a little. Down, we got a get divorce. to the chopper. <laughs> Who said you could never see my wife again? Take a ah, <laughs> bite of a bologna. It's like, yes, Arnie and was it Red Dawn or was it, was that the name of the film he was in where he plays a Russian? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. so. Kind of like, get down. Do it. What's wrong? <sighs> now, if you break the rules, you are punished by being thrown into an even smaller darker cell for a minimum of 15 days with only a metal bucket and a small wooden perch. How we can have a smaller cell? 
How big is that cell? Like how how small is it? Then like it's like standing on an iPhone or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it's more than likely just big enough for you to stand up in yeah. and maybe curl up in a ball on the. Oh, and have your bucket and your perch as well. <laughs> so. Now, the overwhelming boredom and isolation can lead the inmates to do some drastic things just for a little human interaction and change in the routine. They will sometimes swallow metal objects like teapot handles, spoons, and even bundles of nails in hopes that they will be sent to the hospital. That's how you know you're desperate. <laughs> yeah. Now, where they get the bundle of nails from, I'm not quite sure but i mean find out uh, jesse pomeroy was able to fucking make a bomb and his, oh, that's, and his, that's that's true yeah <laughs> and his so so i mean i'm sure they could find a nail here or there somewhere yeah you'd be surprised they yeah, made they're coming in those packages you see that's what it is it's like a box of nails and a teapot please honey <laughs> send him the nails why does he need nails well, he said send him the nails your husband's in the hospital, ma'am. Why? He swallowed a bunch of nails. Yeah. <laughs> pooping nails. That's like the old uh, the old TV shows, the old cartoons where people would send cakes with files inside. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bunch of cupcakes, a nail, and each cupcake. Out. <laughs> just... <laughs> His favorite movie is Hellraiser. This is what we made. We made cupcakes with spikes going out of them. One of the problems with growing a beard is proper beard care. Going on a website or even to a brick and mortar store and seeing dozens of different options, whether it be oils, washes, balms, lotions, razors, butters, or just a massive amount of different companies all trying to sell you virtually the same product with a different logo. It can be difficult and overwhelming. And even worse, <clears throat> see, I already fucked it up. <laughs> and even worse so if you're trying to buy beard products for someone else. Well, thebeardstruggle.com has made that process infinitely easier with their beard kits and bundles. Anything from a simple oil kit that gives you day tonic and night elixir. To the complete beard care bundle that gives you the day and night oils, beard shampoo, beard conditioner, beard balm, and the Viking Sea Mineral Beard Mask. The beard growth bundle that comes with the Boxster Growth Accelerator and the Derma Roller to cracky shave kit that gives you everything you need to keep your beard short and trimmed up. To the mother of all beard kits, the Apex Bundle 2.0 that comes with 15 different products including the heated beard brush and straighter. And if you're still just not sure what bundle to get, you can take their beard routine quiz and the beard struggle will tell you what the best beard care routine and products are for your specific beard type and price range. The beard struggle takes the confusion out of what you get, what to get from the <laughs> Anyway, the beard struggle takes the... <laughs> The reading the ad struggle. <laughs> <laughs> the beard struggle takes the confusion out of what to get for your beard or that special beard wearer in your life. And the best part is since it's a bundle, you save money. And with our exclusive discount code, Torture19, 
that's T-O-R-T-U-R-E 19, you'll save even more, 19% at checkout. And with their 90-day money-back guarantee, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. And since they never test on animals, you can feel good supporting an ethical company that also produces a quality product. TheBeardStruggle.com. Do what's right for your beard. Do what's right for your face. Sort your fucking beard out. Now, the, no, the most notorious inmate of OE256-5 is undoubtedly Nur Pashi Kuryev. Now, Kuliev was the only survivor of a militant cell of Chechnyan insurgents that on the 1st of September 2004 attacked a school in Belsen in North Ossetia. That day, Kuliev and 31 other terrorists stormed the school, taking more than 1,000 hostages, and by the time it was all done, 33 hostages, most of whom were school children, were dead. Oh, just going to jump in here for a second. I made a little mistake there. I just said that 33 hostages died. It was actually 333 hostages died. Um, normally, I wouldn't jump in to fix a little slip of the tongue. But when it comes to children dying at the hands of terrorists, I feel like maybe we should get our information correct. And that was my fault. I apologize. Now back to the show. Kuliev was found guilty of terrorism in 2006 and was sentenced to life in prison in Piatak. A rumor grew that he had died a year later, but in a documentary in 2014 on Russia Today, he can be seen pacing back and forth inside one of the two-meter by two-meter cages. You can actually look it up. And, and he, he, he's like, he like looks up at the camera. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Stupid Russian. Stupid <laughs> Chechenian. Stupid Chechenian. Same difference. Same thing. So what are the real consequences of this kind of severe isolation? Well, a paper published by Dr. Stuart Grassian of Washington University in 2006 says that it can bring about a very specific psychiatric syndrome. Symptoms like the inability to tolerate external stimuli, like Regular noises, just any noise. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, sure, yeah like, you, you get sure. used to the boredom and the silence. Oh, no, get, 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 you get used to the boredom. It's, it's the a, absolute it's, silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like with the white I mean, room thing, like anything outside of that. Exactly. Now you believe, yeah, you sat in a white room. Now you believe in ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, illusions, hallucinations, hearing voices, uh, panic attacks. Difficulty in thinking, concentrating, retaining memories, uh, the loss of memories without the opportunity to create new, meaningful ones can cause the person personality to begin to fade away. Uh, obsessive thoughts of violent fantasies of torture and mutilation, a feeling of paranoia and persecutory fears leading to overt psychosis, Listen loss of impulse podcast. control. <laughs> The need to do a true crime podcast. All, all comes from these, from from being lonely all the time. I need to make a podcast. I'm not lonely. I have cats. Oh, and hey, he's leaving me. Right he's fucking leaving me right now. 
sitting there for going, Don't go! <laughs> uh, loss of impulse control resulting in acts of random violence, self-harm, and suicide attempts. Now, this specific syndrome is identified by the doctor. By the do- this specific syndrome identified by the doctor is, quote, strikingly unique. And some of the symptoms are found in virtually no other psychiatric illness. To boil it down, this kind of constant and long-lasting isolation doesn't just make you crazy. It actually changes your brain. The only condition it can be compared to is delirium, an acute organic brain syndrome characterized by abnormalities in EEGs and brain scans. Meaning that after 10 years of severe isolation, what you have, what you have is closer to a full-on neurological disorder versus a psychiatric one. Not so much Crazy. a problem with how your brain works but a problem with your brain itself. It's not like, oh, well, your brain's just kind of broken. We'll give you medicine to fix it. It's, no, your your brain, your brain can't, it, it just, it's broken. Yeah, yeah. It's, it like, it like physically and chemically changes because of the lack of stimulus. this kind of isolation. Yeah. yeah. Which is said that you take them out of, if, if it, but not too long lasting. Take them out of isolation, put them with people, regular stimulus. Uh, it can go away to an extent. So it, it, it can, it is something that can be reversed to a point. Well, can you imagine you're locked up there serving a sentence for like calling Putin an asshole or something like that? Right? And you. <laughs> come out of there with that brain issue and yeah. I'll take you let's say it's 2018 and you come strolling out of there with all this stuff obviously going on or, and or not going on in your head to learn that Donald Trump has been voted in as president <laughs> of the United States surely yeah you would assume that was <laughs> Down to what's going on in your brain. (laughs) Like, man, I'm fucked. My head's still fucked. Somebody told me Donald Trump was... I got these voices telling me Donald Trump president. No, it's real. I'm fucked. (laughs) Put me back in. (laughs) Don't worry. We all had to experience it. It's okay. That can never happen. Because once you went into Piatek prison, you never fucking came out. Fair enough. (laughs) These These are for lifers. Period. Once you're in, it's fucking Hotel California. Bastards. Sometimes. Again, because I'm sure the Russian legal system is fairly, you know, so I can only imagine some of the reasons people would be locked up there. Like, for very good reasons. I'm sure it's fair. I'm sure, like, if you're a a WNBA player and you're caught with a little bit of weed, I'm sure it's just a slap on the wrist and send you home. Not a, not a, what, eight-month debacle to deal with. Yeah. It's a very, yeah, very fair, true process. Oh, yeah. Due diligence done at every turn and every step. Putin isn't a megalomatic, narcissistic psychopath at all. No. Not even a little bit. So now you may think, 
Why not at least attempt an escape? Well, let's take a look at what awaits you. To begin with, the prison occupies almost the entire island. The island's edges are enclosed by two concentric walls with watchtowers at each corner. The perimeter is patrolled by armed guards and police dogs. Their exits, their, their exits only two access routes to Fire Island. There, I'm sorry. There exists. I don't know why I say exits. There exists only two access routes to Fire Island, either by foot over a narrow wooden bridge, or by boat. Therefore, even if you could manage to climb both sets of walls, elude the guards and their German shepherds, they would still have to swim to shore in half-frozen water. Alternatively, they could run along the length of the wooden bridge while the guards take aim, <laughs> take aim at them from their watchtowers, shooting to kill. Yeah, I don't think you get very far. <laughs> Serpentine! You just see a guy running zigzag down the fucking... <laughs> Never gonna get me! Now, if they succeed in reaching the shore, they must still endure a long and arduous journey in harsh weather conditions through a dense forest. And even if they manage to escape the woods, it would be difficult to go unnoticed among the small towns and villages in the vicinity. So yeah, in case you were wondering, nobody has ever escaped from Piatak. In fact, the only way to truly get out of Slash 5 is to go from a dark cell to a box in the ground. When an inmate dies and his body is unclaimed by relatives, it is taken to a small village graveyard near the island. And these bodies are buried with the smallest of ceremonies, only Two guards will attend. Other prisoners are not allowed. So if you're in this prison with the same cellmate for like 15 years and you die, or they die, you're not even allowed to go to their fucking funeral. It's just that person's gone now and here we'll give you a new one. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. And instead of their name on the tombstones, they just get their prison serial number placed on a small marker. So oh, let me get a thing. real tombstone. Just get a just get a like a one of those little box markers that says has your serial number on it. Looking at it on Google Maps, it's pretty fucking horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty bleak. Yeah. Like yeah, the whole area around it and everything. It's just Yeah, yeah, it's not a fun it's not a fun area to be in. No. Uh is it the the thing that really sticks out to me is all these other prisons, even the really harsh ones where you get beaten down every day, you still, you're out, you have, you make some friendships, you make some enemies, but you have something to kind of do every day. Even if it's doing illegal activities in prison where you're running drugs for a gang or something, is you still have something to wake up in the morning and be like, hey, what am I going to do today? This yeah. place is, you, you wake your, up in the make morning. Your little, you, uh, make you, your little chess pieces. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you wake up in the morning, you put the bed away, and then you stand there for the rest of the fucking day. Or sit on a teeny tiny perch until your ass falls asleep. Yeah, to Shawshank Bordemption. 
To put it best, Chief Guard Vasily Smirnov said, quote, It's necessary to understand one thing. The difference between this prison and others is that in other places, other places prisoners see the light at the end of the tunnel. Here, it's all darkness. I wish I had wish I had more for you guys, but that's kind of it. I mean, it's it's fucking it's a bleak, meaningless existence that you get. Yeah, it's a pretty horrible looking place. Like it's really bad. I'm gonna Google it again. Hold on, it's an Fire Island prison. I like to see if I can put on the background here for our um be quiet cat for our uh what you call it. Oh, that's an even better picture. Wow, fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> like, that's it on a... That's the lake that's on. That looks like it's just on a snowy field. That's yep. a lake. And it's forest all around there. Yeah. Like that, that's pretty big. <laughs> you just pop up like that's ah, like pretty that's pretty fucking bad. Again, it gives you great Dungeons and Dragons ideas. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh there's a there uh, this is actually not an uncommon thing in Russia. There's another prison in Russia called the Black Dolphin. Um it's called that because the inmates made a big black dolphin out of like shit from around the prison and sits out front, so they call it Black Dolphin. Um but that place is just as bad, if not worse, uh, than this. And I hope that um, we we should co- we'll, we'll, we will cover it at some point down the road. Uh, we don't have a whole a ton of prisons to cover, but that will be one that gets kind of wedged in there, and it'll be for the same That's... reason, really, just the mind crushing boredom and yes. isolation and. Just, just hopelessness. Just, you, there's no point in life, really. So, you probably weren't able delightful. to find any. <laughs> were you able to find any pop culture? No, it's just some documentary thing. I think it might be the thing you were talking about. Three days and never again. It's called Three Days and Never Again. Last visit. It's um, a video directed by some guy called. Fuck you, sorry. Sorry, he just left him to the back of my neck. Oh my god, he frightened the hell out of me. He got me to one of his claws on my side of my neck here as well. Little shithead. But um, by some guy oh, called Alexander Gutman. That's probably the one from Russia today. Yeah. Um. But no, like there's, I think those are like, there's plenty of obviously movies about desolate prison things. You know, did you ever right. see the one? Um, I know it's a classic thing for Russia to do, which is send people to Siberia. Um, yeah, I've heard like that. that. Yeah, um, like just, just drop uh, them off in the middle of the wilderness in the yeah, middle of Siberia. Uh, and on that, actually, because of uh, I'm such a big Keanu Reeves fan, do not watch Keanu Reeves movie Siberia. It is a piece of shit. It is complete and utter fucking shit. But um, really? it's nothing to do with Siberian prisons or any of that stuff. It's just a crap film. Um, <laughs> the uh, just that one with. What do you call him? Uh, Tom Hardy is really good. He's like a military police, you know, investigating um, murders. And he's basically sent off to 
the arsehole of nowhere because he did something wrong and it's like a punishment, but he's ends up getting oh. caught up in a murder investigation. I think it's oh, okay. really good. I must find it. Let you know what it is, but I know it has nothing to do with a desolate Russian prison. It's just to do with it. How desolate when I was Russia telling, is. <laughs> when I was telling my wife about this, about these prisons that I was looking up uh, in Russia, uh, she said the same thing that I kind of thought of was where um, David Harborough was in Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in that, and, and where he was in um, Black Widow. I don't know if you've seen Black Widow or not, but that's yes. where his character was there. And almost kind of like where uh, Deadpool went in Deadpool 2, just kind of out in the middle of frozen nothingness. Uh, but there was a lot of there in, in those they were allowed to talk to one another and hang out and walk around and stuff. So, but that's that's the first thing I thought, I thought of was Stranger Things. Yeah, was, yeah, I forgot about that actually. Yeah, 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 that was pretty good. Well, thank you to our patrons, Inquisitor Ragamondi, uh, Willow Quinn Fowler, and MX Sinister Twenty Six. Thank all of you so much. If you would like to have your name. Shout it out on the show. Go to patreon.com slash torture pod, where we have four different levels to choose from, including a seven-day free trial of our cult leader tier. Send your emails to torturepod@gmail.com, or you can message us on Instagram and all the other social medias at torturepod. You know, do the whole rate and review, follow, subscribe, all that good shit. Uh, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash torturepod. Uh, donate to the show. On our link trees, which is on our socials, or go to buymeacoffee.com slash torturepod. You can buy a coffee. We probably won't use it for coffee, but I we'll like appreciate it anyway. That's like coffee. Okay. I like see. coffee too, but it's expensive. <laughs> buying coffee places is yeah. expensive. Uh, and you can go get some new, get some of our merch, redbubble.com slash people slash torturepod. Both of us are decked out in it right now. I got my welcome to La Tumba. Three quarter sleeve uh, shirt on. Dan's got his torture hoodie with the logo up on the breast. I got the brand new torture hoodie uh, that's got the full logo on the front, nice and big and beautiful. I love it. Nice. Um, I want to make a Christmas sweater. Yeah, a torture Christmas sweater. I've cool. seen a few places where you can do that, so I might make torture Christmas sweater. It's not like the ugly sweaters, but the torture. Yes. That would be yeah. fucking awesome. It's fucking great. Or yeah. even just the torture sweater t-shirt that has the the uh, the ugly sweater design just like in the middle, but you but some type of design in front of it. Um, yeah, I'd like to do one of those. Yeah. I think it'd be, be fun. Cool. Design your own ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <sighs> Sweet. Hit for our next episode. This subject is absolute torture. Unless you have a good safe word. <laughs> Dan, any words of any words of wisdom? Look, if you're stupid enough to do something stupid in Russia, right? Keep it on topic here, right? Don't do stupid things in Russia. Right, like <laughs> do Thailand, that's a good right? word of wisdom, right yeah, there. Like Don't just, do stupid things in Russia. Like, um, but if you do, um, one of your uh, little gifts you can get every month, every year, whatever it is, the two packages per year, make sure you yep. get antibacterial wipes, people. Yes, because you're sharing that bucket 
you're going to want those antibacterial wipes. I can tell you now. Unless you want to have AIDS and shit. Tuberculosis. Um, and tuberculosis, yeah. Um, well, the best part is is you don't have to worry about flushing them down the toilet and clogging everything up because there isn't one. You just put it in the bucket. Oh, there you go. Just throw them in exactly. the bucket. Yeah. See? It's not as bad as you think it is. It's worse. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah, imagine having to go and empty that bucket and it was frozen and just turned upside down. It's just like, do you ever get like, you know when... Say so. Say if you get up and it's been a snowy night and you have like a bucket of water outside, you get out of that thing, and you have a bucket of water outside. And say yeah. if you pick that up, it's only the surface of it that's frozen, and underneath is obviously is all liquid. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> I see where you're going. It's like a brown slushy. And then the ice doesn't like completely come out; it just starts dripping a little bit, and then it, the ice just kind of. It kind of tilts. <laughs> God. It didn't say anywhere of who or how the buckets get emptied. I imagine they make you do it. Oh, I say, yeah. 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 On your way to on your way to your your exercise for the day. Like a bucket hole or something that yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, don't don't fuck around and rush it, people. No. Like, no, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some bad prisons here in America too, and and other places in in the world. But yeah, don't yeah, uh, don't break the law in any way in Russia because even the smallest thing, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, it's, it's not a good, it's not a good thing. It's not a good place. I'm sure there's beautiful places in Russia, and I'm sure a lot of the people the people there are just fine. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, about, I'm actually very yeah. I find a very perplexing, about the perplexing place in the sense that there's some certain areas. Part of me would love, absolutely love, to yeah, Russia, to go there to see certain things, certain places. Um, I think part of the the desolation of a desolate fucking bad wasteland areas that are there. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, but don't don't fuck around there. You know, like it's. I was actually looking up the weather mm-hmm. there at slash five, and uh, so I typed in uh, Ogni Ostrov into Google, and uh, it brought up the location and the phone number. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, babe, we can. They're they're open twenty four hours a day. It says open twenty four hours a day. We can call them. We should but do then, it live on air. Now <laughs> even but even though I live in the Midwest in America, I was still terrified that somehow they would come get me and throw me in a fucking like, prison. Yes. I was like, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Don't do it. Next thing I know, Putin's at our front door. Come on. You should order a pizza on Russian Domino's and get it delivered to them. <laughs> Or order 30 of them yeah. and deliver it to them. Just with a little uh, little <laughs> note in there that says, gotcha. Order KFC and get them a load of new buckets. <laughs> There's our new t-shirt It's the perfect idea. present. KFC you chicken eat the chick- <laughs> You eat the chicken out of the bucket, you shoot the chicken into the bucket. It's perfect. Jesus Christ. All right, fuck. That's that's all we got. On that note, on the KFC shit chicken bucket, that's, I think that's where we need to end it. 
Take care of yourselves and take care of one another. And we'll see you. See you later. <laughs> Wolf and squirrel. <laughs>